Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Hello. Well, thank you very much for joining me for the next chapter uh, to five. Go off to camp. Well, yesterday they had a lovely time at the farm, didn't they? And they were all just about to sit down to dinner uh, when the chapter ended. So, Chapter 7 starts with them all sitting down to dinner. <clears throat> but Chapter 7 is called Mr Andrews Comes Home. So they all get to meet the man of the house. So here goes. They all sat down to dinner. There was a big meat pie, a cold ham, salad, potatoes in their jackets and homemade pickles. Oh, it really was difficult to know what to choose. Have some of both, said Mrs Andrews, cutting the meat pie. Begin with the pie and go on with the ham. That's the best of living on a farm, you know. You do get plenty to eat. After the first course, there were plums and thick cream or jam tarts and the same cream. <clears throat> Everyone tucked in hungrily. I've never had such a lovely dinner in my life, said Anne at last. I wish I could eat some more, but I can't. It was super, though, Mrs Andrews. Smashing, said Dick. That was his favourite word these holidays. Absolutely smashing. Woof, said Timmy, agreeing. He had had a fine plateful of meaty bones, biscuits and gravy, and he had licked up every crumb and every drop. Now he felt he would like to have a snooze in the sun and not do a thing for the rest of the day. <laughs> the children felt rather like that too. Mrs Andrews handed them a chocolate each and sent them out of doors. You go and have a rest now, she said. Talk to Jock. He doesn't get enough company of his own age in the holidays. You can stay on to tea if you like. Oh, thanks, said everyone, although they all felt that they probably wouldn't even be able to manage a biscuit. But it was so pleasant at the farm that they felt they would like to stay as long as they could. May we borrow one of Biddy's puppies to have with us, asked Anne. <clears throat> if Biddy doesn't mind, said Mrs Andrews, beginning to clear away. And if Timmy doesn't eat it up. Timmy wouldn't dream of it, said George at once. You go and get the puppy, Anne. We'll find a nice place in the sun. Anne get, went off to get the puppy. Biddy didn't seem to mind a bit. Oh, Anne cuddled the fat little thing against her and went off to the others feeling very happy. The boys had found a fine place against a haystack and sat leaning against it, the sun shining down warmly on them. Those men of yours seem to take a jolly good lunch hour off, said Julian, not seeing any of them about. Jock gave a snort. They're bone lazy. I'd sack the lot of them if I were my stepfather. Mum's told him how badly the men work, but he doesn't say a word to them. I've given up bothering. I don't pay their wages. If I did, I'd sack the whole lot. 
Let's ask Jock about the spook train, said George, fondling Timmy's ears. It would be fun <clears throat> oh, excuse me, to talk about them. Spook trains? Whatever are they? asked Jock, his eyes wide with surprise. Never heard of them. Haven't you really? asked Dick. Well, you don't live very far from them, Jock. Well, tell me about them, said Jock. Spook trains? No, I've never heard of one of those. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what we know. <clears throat> Excuse me, I do apologise, said Julian. Actually, we thought you'd be able to tell us much more about them than we know ourselves. He began to tell Jock about their visit to the deserted railway yard and wooden-leg Sam and his peculiar behaviour. Jock listened enthralled. Oh, wish I'd been with you. Let's all go there together, shall we? He said. This was quite an adventure you had, wasn't it? You know, I've never had a single adventure in all my life. Not even a little one. Have you? The four children looked at one another and Timmy looked at George. Adventures? What didn't they know about them? They'd had so many. Oh yes, we've had heaps of adventures. Real ones. Smashing ones, said Dick. There's that word again. <laughs> we've been down in dungeons. We've been lost in caves. We found secret passages. We've looked for treasure. Uh, well, I can't tell you everything that we've done. It would take too long. <gasps> no, it wouldn't, said Jock eagerly. You tell me. Go on, did you all have the adventures? Little Anne here too? Yes, all of us, said George. And Timmy as well. He rescued us heaps of times from danger, didn't you, Tim? Woof, woof, said Timmy and thumped his tail against the hay. They began to tell Jock about their many adventures. He was a very, very good listener. His eyes almost fell out of his head and he went brick red whenever they came to an exciting part. <gasps> my word, he said at last, I've never heard such things in my life before. Aren't you lucky? You just go about having adventures all the time, don't you? Hey, do you think you'll have one here, these holes? Julian laughed. No, whatever kind of adventure would there be on these lonely moorlands? Why, you yourself have lived here for three years and haven't even had a tiny adventure. Jock sighed. <sighs> That's true, I haven't. Then his eyes brightened again. Hey, but what about those spook trains you've been asking me about? Perhaps you'll have an adventure with those. No, I don't want to, said Anne in a horrified voice. An adventure with spook trains? That would be simply horrid. Oh, I'd like to go down to that old railway yard with you and see Wooden Leg Sam, said Jock longingly. Why, that would be a real adventure to me, you know, just talking to a funny old man like that and wondering if he was suddenly going to throw cinders at us. Take me with you next time you go. Well, I don't know that we meant to go again, said Julian. There's really nothing much in his story except imagination. The old watchman's gone peculiar in the head. Though being there alone so much, guarding a yard where 
nothing and nobody ever comes. He's just remembering the, the trains that used to go in and out before the line was given up. But the shepherd said the same as Sam, said Jock. I say, what about going down there one night and watching for a spook train? No, said Anne in horror. Oh, you needn't come, said Jock, just us three boys. And me, said George at once. I'm as good as any boy and I'm not going to be left out. Timmy's coming too. Oh, please don't make these awful plans, begged poor Anne. You'll make an adventure come if you go on like this. Nobody took the least notice of her. Julian looked at Jock's excited face. Well, he said, if we do go there again, we'll tell you. And if we think we'll go watching for spook trains, we'll take you with us. Jock looked as if he could hug Julian. That would be terrific, he said. Oh, thanks a lot. Spook trains. I say, just suppose we really did see one. Who'd be driving it? <gasps> and where would it come from? Out of the tunnel, wouldn't like Sam says, said Dick. But I don't see how we'd spot it except by the noise it made, because apparently the spook trains only arrive in the dark of the night. Never in the daytime. We wouldn't see much even if we were there. It was such an exciting subject to Jock that he persisted in talking about it all the afternoon. <clears throat> Anne got tired of listening and went to sleep with Biddy's puppy in her arms. <clears throat> oh dear. Um, Timmy curled up by George and went to sleep too. He wanted to go for a walk, but he could see that there was no hope with all this talking going on. It was tea time before any of them expected it. The bell rang and John Jock looked most excited, surprised, excited. <clears throat> tea? Would you believe it? Oh, well, I have had an exciting afternoon talking about all this. And look here, if you don't make up your minds to go spook train hunting, I'll jolly well go off by myself. If only I could have an adventure like the kind you've had. Ah, oh, I'd be happy for life. They went in to tea after waking Anne up with difficulty. She took the puppy back to Biddy, who received it gladly and licked it all over. Julian was surprised to find that he was quite hungry again. Well, he said as he sat down at the table, I didn't imagine I'd feel hungry again for a week. But I do. What a marvellous tea, Mrs Andrews. Isn't Jock lucky to have meals like this always? There were homemade scones with new honey. There were slices of bread thickly spread with butter and new-made cream cheese to go with it. There was a sticky brown gingerbread hot from the oven and a big solid fruit cake that looked almost like a plum pudding when it was cut. It was so black. Oh dear, I wish now I hadn't had so much dinner, sighed Anne. I don't feel hungry enough to eat a bit of everything and I would so like to. <clears throat> Mrs Andrews laughed. You eat what you can and I'll give you some to take away too, she said. You can have some cream cheese and the scones and the honey and some of the bread I made this morning. 
and maybe you'd like a slab of the gingerbread. I made plenty. Oh, thanks, said Julian. We'll be all right tomorrow with all that. You're a marvellous cook, Mrs Andrews. I wish I lived on your farm. There was the sound of a car coming slowly up the rough track to the farmhouse, and Mrs Andrews looked up. That's Mr Andrews come back, he said. My husband, you know, Jock's stepfather. Julian thought she looked a little worried. Perhaps Mr Andrews didn't like children and wouldn't be pleased to see them sitting round his table when he came home tired. Uh, would you like us to go, Mrs Andrews? he asked politely. Perhaps Mr Andrews would like a bit of peace for his meal when he comes in. And we're rather a crowd, aren't we? Jock's mother shook her head. No, you can stay. I'll get him a meal in the other room if he'd like it. Mr Andrews came in. He wasn't in the least like Anne or the others had imagined him to be. He was a short, dark little man with a weak face and a nose much too big for it. He looked harassed and bad-tempered and stopped short when he saw the five children. Hello, dear, said Mrs Andrews. Jock's got his friends here today. Would you like a bit of tea in your room? I can easily put a tray there. Well, said Mr Andrews, smiling a watery kind of smile. Perhaps it would be best. I've had a worrying kind of day and not much to eat. I'll get you a tray of ham and pickles and bread, said his wife. It won't take a minute. You go and wash. Mr Andrews went out. Anne was surprised that he seemed so small and looked rather stupid. She had imagined someone big and burly, strong and clever, who was always going about doing grand deal deals and making a lot of money. Well, he must be cleverer than he looked to make enough money to give Mrs Andrews all she needed for the farm. <clears throat> Mrs Andrews bustled about this with this and that, laying a tray with a snow-white cloth and plates of food. Mr Andrews could be heard in the bathroom, splashing as he washed. Then he came downstairs and put his head in at the door. My meal ready, he asked. Well, Jock, had a good day? Yes, thanks, said Jock, as his stepfather took the tray from his mother and turned to go. We went all round the farm this morning and we talked and talked this afternoon. And... Oh, I say, do you know anything about spook trains, sir? Mr Andrews was just going out of the door. He turned in surprise. Spook trains? What are you talking about? Well, Julian here says there's an old deserted railway yard a good way from here and spook trains are supposed to come out of the tunnel there in the dark of night, said Jock. Have you heard of them? Mr Andrews stood stock still, his eyes on his stepson. He looked dismayed and shocked. Then he came back into the room and kicked the door shut before, behind him. I'll have my tea here after all, he said. Well, to think you've heard of those spook trains. I've been careful not to mention them to your mother or to you, Jock, for fear of scaring you. Gee, said Dick, 
Are they really true then? They can't be. You tell me all you know and how you know about it, said Mr Andrews, sitting down at the table with his tray. Go on, don't miss out a thing. I want to hear everything. Julian hesitated. Oh, there's nothing really to tell, sir. Just a lot of nonsense. You tell it me, almost shouted Mr Andrews. Then I'll tell you a few things. And I tell you, you won't go near that old railway yard again. Oh, no, that you won't. Oh, wow. Well, that was a bit of a weird um, ending, wasn't it? Tomorrow we might find out why he's so cross. But, oh my goodness, uh, that does sound a bit weird. So what do you think he knows? Hmm. I think he knows much, much more than we could possibly know right now. <laughs> but let's find out, hopefully, tomorrow. Hmm. Anyway. Until tomorrow, oh, have an exciting day. See if you can have an adventure, you know. <laughs> Who knows? But do tell me about them if you do. And I will see you all again tomorrow. Make sure you take care and stay safe. Bye for now.